Hello, everyone, and welcome to Waiting to be Signed, the show where we reveal the week's events on FX Hash. My name is Trinity, and I'm joined by Will. And before we get started, just a quick disclaimer. We are here to talk about art, not just the aesthetics, but the money surrounding it, as the market is a key part of FX Hash. That said, nothing we say here should be taken as financial advice. It is for fun and conversation. You can follow us on Twitter, at Waiting to Sign, to keep up with our thoughts throughout the week. Or for those who prefer visual language, on Instagram, at Waiting to Be Signed. And if you are feeling super generous, we are always accepting donations, including tokens, at our Tez Wald address, waitingtosign.tez. And with that, disclaimers over. Will, what a week. Slow week. You know, I think um, we're just going to talk baby anecdotes and parenting and the nuances of living in New York because really nothing happened this week for us to really cover. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Seriously, though, it was a huge week. We will not talk about the baby. It was December all over again. And I know that December was before we started recording. Yeah, but anybody who has been around with us before we started the podcast will know that December was just like that time when everything felt possible. There were no bad moments. It was just opportunity after opportunity. Late November, early December especially, it just felt like you couldn't lose no matter what. As long as you got a mint, you were going to be able to get a, a flip in. And that's kind of where our original strategy of like mint two, mint three, sell one, cover worked out. The, the great thing about um, the market action we saw this week was it feels like a lot of the projects that maybe people moved in on speculatively finally started to pay off. Just huge, huge floors coming up. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But we should mention before we move into all of all of the action and just projects from of the week that we dropped our logo <laughs> at the oh, beginning yeah, of the week. Oh, yeah. We did that too. Yeah. So great flipping opportunity, folks. Yeah. Well, wait, maybe once it uh, mints out, it will. There's about 70 left. So it's amazing. We've minted about 330 of the 400. So thank you, everyone, for your support. Thank you, of course, to our mystery artist who will remain unnamed, who really helped get that project over the finish line and add that extra level of polish and refinement and make it look as good as it does. So this is like the, the first official, unofficial waiting to be signed collab. Exactly. And it's really fun. It's probably our best one yet. And that's not to poo-poo on anything that you've done. <laughs> it's just no, no. Really I cool. think it is the best. I think it's the best one. I mean, just some of the things that are going on here. I'm still kind of trying to go back and look over the code as, as time allows me to figure out all the ways in which, particularly this one has like this layered feeling with the way the the textures and the patterns and the colors come through that I have no idea how that was implemented, but I would love to learn. So It's very well commented code. So if anybody wants to learn, go read through it. Yeah. Ample uh, comments in there to see what's going on. Highly recommend. And also, and not just to plug it anymore, if you are listening and you have not yet purchased a logo, it's a really great way to support us and the time that we spend doing this. It's one Tez. It's a dollar sixty-five or something at the moment, and it's just really appreciated. One mint equals one support. It's much appreciated. I feel confident we'll mint this one out. The week just got away from us, and I think we got lost in the noise. So yeah, should we talk about the week? We can talk about the week. I think just one other really cool stat to pull up is that we've hit thirteen thousand projects. You know, as we go further and further into this whole exercise, the the thousand mark seems to become less and less important. But, you know, it's something we want to track and just to see how quickly we're hitting to the next thousand. Maybe our next big milestone is 15 or 20K. Our next big milestone, and if you look at the 
token ID or the Gentech numbers, like we're coming up on a million pretty fast. Like I think we're in the 600,000s or 700,000s right now. And we're going to be at a million total minted tokens. I feel like that's going to be a big moment and that could be coming quickly. So market trends. I think it just hit us like a cement truck this week. The trend is if you're holding anything reasonable, it's gone up. We have a list here. It's not going to be exhaustive or comprehensive, but I think before we move into some of the individual market action, it's like, what happened? Why did this occur? I think we have a couple theories. What are your theories? So I think the one thing that everyone seems to be citing is there were some high profile tweets this week from Zeneca, who's kind of been in and out on FX hash and talking about it. But for whatever reason, it seems like their contributions on Twitter pointing everyone towards FX hash and another influencer type who I was not aware of before this week named DZ or D's. D-E-E-Z-E. Sure. Probably everyone who follows NFTs who's not us knows exactly who this person is because they've got several hundred thousand followers. But they also were pointing towards FX hash and generative art. It kind of seems to be the thing this week is the safe place to go in crypto is generative art. And the best place or maybe the most value rich place is FX hash. Definitely a few big wallets came in with a lot of money. And then, of course, some collectors we've seen hanging around for a while looks like reloaded on cheap Tez. And it was just sweep week. It was definitely the, you know, kind of the culmination of all of those things, 100%. I don't know, haven't been tracking ETH prices, but I do feel like the price of Tez has dropped significantly more than the price of ETH recently. So it is super cheap. It's a great time to be buying. It's a great time to be holding. That's just kind of how it seems to go whenever these bear markets hit is that Bitcoin does the best in the bear market. ETH holds up well against it. And then all the alts, Tez included, bleed just far worse in proportion to them. And one of the things that we've always said is that, you know, from a quality of work standpoint, you know, FX hash is on par or sometimes better than Artbox, which is obviously the main competitor on ETH. And so it seems like a no-brainer. And maybe there's also some people aren't feeling as good about the PFP market right now, possibly due to the Azuki conundrum from the last week or so. Gen Art Summer. Yeah, Gen Art Summer. I mean, it would be amazing if this keeps up. I feel like at the time that we're recording this, it's Saturday morning, the 21st of May. Feels like we've already kind of gotten over that hump, just watching some of the floors, some some projects that have pumped are already starting to come back down. It feels like volume is abating a little bit. If there's another wave this week, it'll that will be really telling to me that more people are coming in or that the people who have come in are like further investing. But at some of the levels here, I mean, some of the pumps were pretty, pretty phenomenal. I think- yeah. Some of the biggest ones were like small skulls. Huge moment. I yeah. mean, people coming over from ETH, they love their PFPs. What is the OG as PFP on FX Ash? Obviously, it's skulls. Project number five, I think. It's a very early project. It's well-regarded, has a huge community, a lot of evangelists. And we saw the floor go from 175-ish up to, I think, over 600 at one point. And it's now gently coming back down. It's around 520 even as the floor has come back down, we've seen a few skull sales above floor, people reaching up. I sold my one and only skull that I bought back in late December, early January for 23 Tez at 550. So I feel like I timed it pretty well if the floor keeps coming down. But I guess time will tell Like if skulls go to 1,000 or 2,000 or 10,000. In my mind, skulls are guaranteed to go to 1,000. If FX hashes at all successful into the next year, two years, five years. Skull is one of those projects that 
will always go up. It's one of the original projects. It's like has an entire community surrounding it. People are really excited about them and people are really invested. So oh, I know just, that. <laughs> I, we know, know that. that. We know yeah. that. But just based off of that alone, like I think that it's fine that you took profits on this now. But I think it's also a completely valid long-term hold. It's similar to selling dual lands from Magic the Gathering. Not that everybody gets that reference. Selling them 10 years ago versus holding them now. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think obviously if I was holding 10 or 20, the sale would have been much more of a no-brainer. I was only holding the one. So I'm officially skullless. I'm no longer in the skull gang. But there's a universe where we've seen things spike before, right? Like RGB spiked above a thousand in the past, came back down. Like it's not, it's not out of the question yeah. that, especially if this liquidity dries up, if these people just came in and did their sweeps once and it's not sustained, that we can see 30, 40, 50 or more percent retracements on these projects. So a little arbitrage gamble, I guess I'm making that if I did want a skull, maybe I'll be able to get one cheaper in the future, especially if I'm kind of agnostic about which one I have, like just don't really care, pick up the skull. That was more or less my strategy before. And I think that there's a liquidity play there as well, where if you have more funds, you know, you're able to do more things with those funds. And so you're theoretically able to grow your stack, quote unquote, much more quickly. And so that 500 Tez could easily turn turn what you have into a thousand, two thousand, and then you could always just go back and buy in at the same price point. Yeah. And I think it's been it would be a pretty good like long term transaction play overall. So let me ask you this week, I think we both made some big sales. In aggregate, how much in sales do you think you made? I only made like three sales this week. And all of that was on a repeater sale, which sold for four fifty. Pretty solid. Somebody reached above floor, which is surprising. I think my repeater is not great. I almost bought back in at floor, but I believe in repeater long term, just as an artist play overall, actually. But I don't think it's worth dumping my liquidity back into it and just having a net profit of like 95 Tez. So that's pretty much all I've done. I actually did do the thing that you hate. I relisted some things higher and some things I actually delisted. Let me tell you why. It's because some of those projects, for example, Ivona Tao's AI photography project, I think that that has a really sparkling future. I have one. I picked it up at 35 Tez. The floor on that is a bit higher now. It's at 111. And I think that because I have liquidity now, I don't want to let that go or let that get swept up in a run because I believe in it longer term. So because I don't need the Tez... I'm going to delist until I'm in a more precarious place, even if it means that I might be in an area of less liquidity later on. I'm in full agreement on on that, on Avona in particular. I think the move we saw was really small. It was from 70 to 111, not very much movement, probably only five to 10 pieces sold. If I were listing, I would be putting it north of 300 for sure to get caught in a future sweep. I would not be listing it here just because for whatever reason, it hasn't moved in the same way that the other projects that we've seen this week have. And like, I wouldn't want to get it. I got caught. So I had a few things that I had listed that I- You made a ton of sales this week, dude. I think I made about 2,000 Tez in sales this week, pretty comfortably. How does that feel? It felt awesome. It felt it felt great, except for the fact that Tez is so cheap that I was like, I think it didn't do very much for me in USD terms, but I just have all this Tez and- I feel safe. I feel like there's still some really big collabs coming up. And finally, like I couldn't mint 
know, Lindo last week, I just didn't have the test for it. Like there's things that I've missed out on. And, and it seems like these marquee projects are coming in at such high price points now that I actually have a shot to mint them if they look amazing. And, and I could either flip them or, you know, add them to my collection long-term and it won't be super damaging to my stack. Absolutely. And I think that there's also um, a benefit because you and me, we've been in this space for a pretty long time. I mean, it's a, we're, we're veterans. We're veterans. Solid six-month veterans. <laughs> and so I think that if you are also somebody who feels confident in the space, you have a sense of what projects are out there and haven't had their run yet. I think it's really plausible to go in and just kind of buy a few, possibly causing a run in and of itself. And just waiting to see what could go up. If I was sitting on five or 600 Tez, I definitely would have actually gone in on Ethereal Microcosm by Cyphered, which saw a stupendous run over the last 24 to 36 hours. The floor has been sitting at 100 Tez, which is basically mint, for months. And now the floor is 600, just overnight. That and iframes are the two that I missed when I had all this liquidity. And I was mm-hmm. even talking to you and some other people, and it's like, I'm looking around and I don't know what to buy because so much stuff had gone up. And for whatever reason, I didn't land again on the ciphered projects that haven't moved yet. iFrames pulled a similar-ish move, went going from 40 to 180, and people are still buying them as of this morning. I got two back in the day. I got them for like 18 Tez when we ran our contest. And I just, I cannot believe I didn't go in and get some more of those. And Microcosm, right? I never had the Tez really to buy it. It's an amazingly cool project. But like you said, now up to 600 Tez from 100. It's just insane to see the runs keep going. So I'll tell you, the moment that I knew things were going crazy, and I was like, this is going to be big, was when Overloaded started moving. <laughs> that project has just been such the bear of the platform, just constantly going down. Even when you would see little movements like it would go under 100 and someone would buy a couple, but the floor has just been sliding and sliding and sliding. And finally, in just the fervor of the week, and I guess the people who who came in really like Pixel Fool and saw this is the chance to own some one-of-ones. That was the narrative when the project dropped back in the day. 100%. The floor went from 54 now to about 200 and mine that I had listed sold for about 80. <laughs> I was looking at that because I wasn't sure if that was the one that you had sold high. I'm still listed at 350. I didn't reprice it, but I've maintained that higher floor price just kind of throughout the entire time. I think I listed it shortly after it came out and haven't touched it since. I had listed both of mine down under 100 a couple of weeks ago when I was like really crunched on liquidity. I really hated, like despised the two that I minted. I didn't think that they were special or cool at all and just was doing whatever I could to dump them. And I never relisted it. The only thing I relisted actually in all of this was my May that I had listed around 200. Again, had listed it there for, for liquidity reasons. And just the narrative on that project, I feel like it doesn't get a lot of heat for whatever reason, even though it's the artist makes amazing work. I just never feel like it gets the runs and I was starting to get a little bearish on it. But in particular now, there might be a new project coming soon and holding one could lead to a reserve. So I felt like... I relisted it up into the 400s where it would be worth it for me if it sold and I would forego the reserve. I think that's a smart play. Uh, and I, the artist random combo has also heavily implied that there would be the reserve. So again, you might be thinking differently if you hadn't made 2,000 in sales this past week, but because you did, you can sit a little bit more comfortably. And I think greed it out is the what we would normally call that. It is amazing how having Tez in the wallet can change your perception of things. So like I had my contra listed, I delisted it. 
I had it listed in the three thousands, and I was like, this could actually go because it's a nice one. You know that I guess that project maybe because it's been pumping since the beginning of the month didn't go as crazy, unlike RGB, which has been pumping since the beginning of May, where it was around eight hundred, and just in this last week we saw it move from two thousand to thirty seven. So I I relisted mine from six thousand to ten thousand the RGB that I have just for the sake of being listed and like having it up there. Question for you: Your RGB is your PFP. Would you change your PFP if your RGB sold? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I don't know what I would change it to, but maybe that's a reason not to have it listed because it is kind of like my brand within Discord now to see that little symbol. Some other smaller projects have also seen a huge run throughout the week. The one that comes to mind here are the Reese projects, a thousand pieces each, pretty heavily targeted and flipped, I would say. Granted, people were seeking like two Tez profits profits on it because it was a Tez. But those have really sunken like in floor price over the, this past, the down market generally. And most of them actually sunk to a floor of eight Tez or so, which was crazy low, especially for the first one, Meta Meta Malavitk, which was sitting around 20 for the longest time. But as a part of this sweep, a lot of people came in and just bought like 10 of them, 20 of them. And they basically all went from floors in between 8 and 20 to now up to 35 to 68. And the number of listed is continuing to go down. The lowest one is 2.2%, which is some sort of record for a project of this many pieces. Yeah, that's an insanely low number. To have three of them, uh, Morillat, Riley, and Kelly, all under 3% listed to see their floors still kind of that low, like 42, 42, and 68 respectively, it feels like they should continue to move up. And, you know, I know that there's some detractors who like, even though the artist, you know, is who he is, and maybe they just don't really care for the way they look. But I think our kind of prediction that as new people come in, they're going to visit this project and they're going to want to collect a set or collect two sets. We're kind of starting to see that come true. Absolutely. It's going to be a must-have. Other really interesting projects that moved this week was like Waxing Crescent, the Cyril Diagne. Um, the GAN project. The GAN project with the moons going from 190 to 749 floor with a high sale of 60, 666. At one point, there were only four listed after that sale. And now more people have come in and listed, including myself. So there's 11 up there. We saw... And Afton finally sell along with a bunch of Cotton Avoid and Hardeen and beyond. Lindell didn't move nearly as strongly as others, but it definitely people were going through and picking up a lot of stuff from the floor. Like, I feel like back in January, February, it felt impossible for Cotton Avoid to be near 100 floor. And that's where it is right now. It's at 95. Yeah. Everything is just moving like crazy. And of course, Garden Monoliths had some insane sales. Yeah, an epic eight whale sale around 15K. And now the new floor is 32,000. We will see if there are any sales at that range. Right before that 15,000 Tez sale, there was one at 12.5K, which was at that point the highest ever sale recorded on FX Hash. It was smashed it like stand for very long. 20 minutes <laughs> later. It's crazy. So, you know, I think we might see a sale above 15,000. I don't know if it'll be fully at 32, but I, have you been kind of tracking some of the drama or intrigue around this account and wallet called I hate Tezos? I have. Or I don't like Tezos. I, I'm, I'm, I don't remember exactly the name. It's close enough. 
So there's a lot of theories about who this person is and who this person isn't and who this person isn't. You know, there's a lot of suspicion that they're a very famous artist or an alt for a very famous collector maybe. And they have said on Twitter that when they get to a hundred Tez tokens collected, they're going to reveal who they are and that they want their 100th token to be a garden monolith. Is this token purchased or can we just send tokens to this wallet and ruin their scheme? Okay. I'm, I don't know. That's a good that's a good question. I, I assume they mean intentionally purchased. And Where are they sitting right now? North of 50. Okay. They've collected a lot in this last week. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually fulfill that prophecy and are they going to pull the trigger and spend north of 30,000 USD? Or I, actually, I mean, I mean, it's closer to two than one. So it's really more like 60,000 USD. It's kind of crazy to think about. This is when it's revealed that I hate Tezos is actually just Zancan in disguise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Zancan all, and you know KGM moved too. It's yep. up to about a three thousand test floor. So very respectable. I think a lot of people are saying that they expect this to get much closer to the Garden Monolith floor, just on virtue of it being a collab, and it's a great way to have another Zancan at like that intro price yep. point. With GM at thirty two thousand, KGM at three seems low. It like does one tenth of the price seems a little too low. It, I don't know what the exact ratio should be. I don't know if it's like a third or a half, but a tenth or even honestly as close to an eleventh here. They're both pretty locked up low. at this point, I would say. Garden Monolith, just because it was traded so much earlier back in December when it came out. But I think KGM as well is going to be pretty held because a lot of people who are minting were minting at an incredibly high price point. That's not to say that they're not going to try to get their 6x profit if they minted at 512. Some new ones may have come on the market. The floor is now saying two and a half thousand and there's 38 for sale. But yeah, I will be interested to see how that that floor tracks relative to GM because that's going to kind of show, I think, give us an idea of where the longevity of both these projects are going to stand in relation to each other. Speaking of KGM, the artist that spun this whole thing up and really was the first person to start pumping really hard on Tuesday was Yazid. Yeah. Possibly off the back of their Art Blocks release a couple of months ago, Hash Cities went from 300 to 750 plus, which is also insane movement. It, I think, saw a couple of sales in the last 24 hours, but that was really big. Considering the floor pieces, like, you know, were not maybe the most attractive pieces in the collection. There was a lot of very sparse black and white pieces on the floor. Don't have the sun showing in the thumbnail. I know that's like something that changes over time depending on when you look at it, but the thumbnail is the thumbnail. So people shopping were willing to hard sweep a lot of that stuff on the floor that kind of felt like it was going to keep the projects suppressed. You know, it was, we, we've seen occasionally people reach up for the, the Mondrian and, and nicer pieces. So seeing that sweep was pretty impressive. Yeah. And then following that sweep, perhaps by people who had just sold a hash cities and were looking to, you know, get their exposure back to Yazid hash darks also did a four X from 67 to 245 Tez. Again, similar project with similar palettes and you know some of the same constraints that you just mentioned regarding like the floor pieces being a little bit less attractive than some of the Mondrian palettes, but really impressive overall. We're not going to have a comprehensive list here. So much stuff moved. We saw some sequence movement. You know, you mentioned repeater, sedimentary dissolution went from seventy to one seventy five, and we saw some other landline stuff. You know, movement on defrags, chaos research. Chaos memory. My chaos research was one that I did not relist high enough, and that one sold at around 220, which is too low. I mean, you'll still take that. It's a victory. 
The other exciting one for me was reading a book by Kim Masendorf that has had the perpetual like 40 to 50 test floor for as long as I've been on FX hash. It's finally doubled. It's now around 100. So I think that's a really good indicator. We saw some transaction sales as well. Yeah. I delisted mine. I think that's smart. Yeah. I, I believe in Kim overall, which again, makes a lot of sense. He's a known artist. So if things get crazy, I might relist, but I wouldn't want to get swept up in like a like a 400 Tez sale at this particular moment. Yeah, I agree with that. We should talk about what we kind of did with some of our new spoils this week and some of the purchases we made and also some of our favorite projects that there was new, there were new releases this crazy. week. Crazy. We should talk about those. Yeah. Do you want to go first? You picked up a lot more things this week than I did. Well, I started off this week before even some of the sales came in, I made a move on Aprendizajes off of kind of the movement on contrapuntos that we've seen recently and also off of the interview that I've uh, listened to in the last week or two with Ken Consumer. Uh, great interview. Go check it out. Arbitrarily Deterministic, which is an excellent name. It's a great name. I know that sometimes they don't have maybe the most impressive thumbnails and people haven't spent a lot of time with the project, but I went through and bought some good ones that were below 100 that I thought had very good thumbnails and filled out a nice collection across four different colorways. That's solid. I thought that those were another one of those pieces that was going to see a really big run. It kind of stopped around 100. It was pretty scary there for a moment. Uh, and scary from a perspective of somebody who doesn't have any. For me, it's a long-term play. It's kind of like a GM to KGM thing that it just feels like Aprendizajes is too low relative to Contrapuntos. And I know people out there might disagree, and it's like every project should be evaluated individually, but there's markets here, right? And and trends and everyone's going to have a different perspective. And it just, we just need enough people that just feel like I want to own M. Soriaro and don't, and are agnostic about what pieces I have. And if that's the way it moves up, that's the way it moves up. And I feel like it's going to go up regardless. True. So not financial advice, <laughs> <laughs> but then with my new money, I went and got like another map lens from Amy Goodchild. I got a red palette disrupt from Roxanne that was very close that was actually on the floor at the time around 40 Tez that's another one that has had some movement this week I got a very nice abbreviated curves from landlines that you pointed out that um sunset or sunrise yeah, palette the wide stroke very nice and I finally completed my precision micro three by three grid that I've been working on kind of quietly uh, from Lauren Bednar so I have that in my deck of gallery all laid out and I tweeted about it and he was very appreciative to see that I had assembled that. That's amazing. I made significantly fewer purchases this week. One of them that I got was a slight case of overbombing by Rev Dancat. Rev Dancat posted a couple of projects this week, one per day, which is pretty cool. And he has been really active in Discord. So just we were chatting and he mentioned that his next big thing is a airdrop piece for holders of a slight case of overbombing. So I went back in, you know, you had picked up a several back in February or March, I think, to complete your collection. Yeah. I was looking for the, the color palettes to come down. I wanted one of each of the primary colors, which yeah. I have. Now. So that had caused a, a little bit of a run on them, but, you know, it was still at mint price, 14 Tez. So I just picked one up because I, I love Dan and, you know, I would be happy to get that airdrop. So it made sense. The other big purchase I made was Unbuilt by Yasuk. Unbuilt has been a project that I've been looking at since I first came to FXHash. I studied a lot of architecture and art history in college with a really big focus on 
medieval architecture, ancient architecture, all of those types of things. And so Unbuilt, which is all of these impossible cathedrals, which is, you know, Pepe's big work, but like floor plans of potential cathedrals from that era that have been generatively created. And so it has a special place in my heart. And also after picking up that hollow in the, the green palette, I really wanted to have um, one of the unbuilts to match that. So I went up, picked one up above floor. The green one, it it is beautiful. The last thing I think I need to get is uh, Reborn, which is uh, his other architectural project. I might wait on that a little bit. I might regret waiting on that. Somebody that you know we, we talk to often picked up the floor green just before I went in to get them. So I would love to have that as my trip uh, triptych. Reborn still feels underpriced. It's it's still under a hundred on the floor. It is. It hasn't hasn't had much action. We saw a little bit of unbuilt. I think mostly because you and a couple others that we know were buying them. But considering the performance of Hollow and Proxima, you would think that people might go back and revisit those. And I I remember when like back in December, you know, coming on the platform and learning like unbuilt was like one of the original yeah. Grails, and it was it was talked about in the same list as. Contra and Loom, like it was a top five to 10 project that on everyone's list. And I feel like it's, it's kind of gotten forgotten. And when I saw you buy, I was like, oh, I should go look like, that's right. I should get one of these. Like they're really cool. And then I just got decision paralysis. Like I really don't know how to evaluate them and make sure I get like a quote unquote good one. So I might need you to walk well, me. Well, the floor on <laughs> those went that. from 175 to like 375 since. So, okay. So I'm we might need then. to wait for a little bit of retracement. I know that Chris Wallace is holding a number of them, so he may list them up for sale now that there's opportunity. But the other big Yasek project that saw some movement was degrowth generations, which was the one piece that isn't as architectural as the others. It's much more like that 3D type of shape. So that's all a bit of a run as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in owning one of everything from, from him eventually. Well, what about new projects? What did you like that was new this week? So there are a couple of projects that I've liked this week. I think the biggest one came out before the markets uh, really ran. And that is We Are Alone Together by Perkwork, which was 500 editions, a Dutch auction. And I went a little bit crazy on these. I'm not going to lie. I waited for the prices to come down a little bit. And I think I got, I did get eight. I got eight. Uh, which made me the top holder. I just minted and minted and minted. I've been following this project for so long, since February. And to me, it is awesome. It's everything generative art should be. The color palettes, the the quality, the texture, everything just hits home really, really hard. This is a project I believe in long-term. I might sell one to partially cover costs. You know, getting eight things at 15 Tesla, that was all of my stack. So maybe I shouldn't have done that, but I think it's a really good long-term play because it is amazing work. And the floor is up in the 40s now. And so even though it was like really targeted and heavily flipped for sure, I mean, so many went on the market immediately. The floor has been coming up. You know, it's a, it's a flow field project, but it's a really, really, really nicely executed one. And, you know, we razzed perk work a little bit on the last episode for like releasing first and then doing the write-ups later. But those write-ups came pretty quickly and they released a really nice Twitter thread about 12 tweets long talking about the process. You know, it's, it's not just one flow field. It's actually like three, one, one for each um, type of 
guy yeah. <laughs> on there, right? The small, medium, and larges, which is how you kind of get that interaction. And, and clearly there's communication between them all, so there's no collision. So it's more complex than just a, a single flow field dic- like regulating all these things. And uh, they go into really, really great detail about the color palettes, which they said took about 70% of the time of the project. It's like really dialing in the color. And I think yeah. it shows. I mean, we've said this time and time again, or maybe I've said this time and time again, that the palettes and the taste is something that takes a project from, you know, a B or a B plus to an A or an A plus. It's just that like that little like edge that makes something so much better. And, you know, I really appreciate it when artists take that time. Just really make sure that they fine tune it and get it to exactly where they need to be. I think it was three or four months between projects here. I'm thinking back to when Shift came out and Shift is a project that launched just at a really tough time on the platform didn't mint out, eventually got burned, and then found some movement on the mar- secondary market a few times. At one point, I think it flirted with like an 80 test floor. I'm sure it's back down from it's there. It's in the 20s but... now, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like really, really down again. But another project that's like very much defined by its palettes and the choices made there, which I love. I've got a few in my I think you gallery. created the initial run <laughs> after it had dropped below mint. I have some really high rarity pieces that were severely underpriced because I think people had given up, but love what this artist is doing. So yeah. And you were kind enough to mint me a couple because I was out at the time. So I thank you for that. Yeah. Anytime. It's uh, teamwork makes the dream work. One of my favorites of the week was Amulet from Stranger in the Queue, which is still available to mint. It's a 777 editions at 12 Tez, no Dutch auction. So you got to, you got to pay the price. This is project 13115. And when I saw this pop up and a few people talking about it, it's just looks so weird to me, but not in a hyper complex, like there's some projects on the platform that look weird because there's so much like visually going on and or movement and just like changing of colors. This one is very reserved, but maintains this like awkwardness to it that it feels like a puzzle piece or it feel it feels like almost a layered PNG project, but it's not, it's purely code, but it does something with the way it presents the texture that reminds me of a piece of cardboard with like a shiny finish, like a mm-hmm. puzzle piece might have on it. And especially that layering, it has like a very nineties feel like Nickelodeon to me without having that, those same colors necessarily. Like, I'm not really it's sure like how to Matisse's describe it. It's cutouts in a way because it's, there's the depth, there's the shadow and it's not just like the collage of putting things together, but it's also the, the cutting things out so that you can see what's underneath of it and leveraging drop shadows. There's a museum in New York City. I forget what it's called. Apologies. But they have this a series of galleries where all of the doors into the different galleries are different shapes. And so if you stand at one end and you look all the way through at the tunnel, you see like this narrowing field of like depth, color, shape with all the art surrounding it. And it, it creates a really, really cool effect. And so this makes me think of that because you're looking through the piece, not just looking at it, if that makes sense. No, totally. And and that I, I love that you made that comparison because I don't have that depth of knowledge. Do you like this one? Or are you kind of like... No, I think eh, this is amazing. Eh. This is, I think, the best okay. thing that I've seen from Stranger in the Queue so far, including their art blocks release. And I did not get any yet. Well, you've got time. Unless it gets burned. <laughs> it's not even one-tenth minted yet. Yeah, so that's that's the one thing that I was considering as I went back and minted two more yesterday. So I've got four total 
I just think they're really wild. And the collector list right now of the 70-ish that have been collected, it's there's some heavy hitters. In A there. lot of artists. So. Toy Minto, 1313, Peter Pasma, Monotau. And then some big collectors, right? Like Kylo's in here. Really cool piece. One of my favorites just because it's so unexpected. The thing that gets me, like I said before, is just that texture, that sheen that is on there that makes them feel like they're made of physical components, like almost like photograph of colored cardboard. It's just really weird. Yeah, to me. this piece is stupidly underrated. Piece. Cool. Did you have one more? Or did you uh, want to move on to general projects? I do have one more. Uh, it was something that actually came out overnight. We're recording this Saturday morning. So the Friday night, Saturday morning mint cycle just ended. And this is Hemoglobs by Emilia. Emilia. It is 500 editions to Tez. I've seen some works in progress on this before, and I thought it looked really cool then. It is a like a very like 3D-esque project inspired by the, the shapes of red blood cells. And so it's these very stylized like donuts and little squished in things with a lot of shine and different colors. It's unlike most of the work I've ever seen on FX hash. And so just from that metric alone, it really, really stands out. Cyphered went in and minted more than 30 of them. So I think that's another really good sign, not financial advice. But I was able to go in and mint some. I think I was only able to mint them because FX hash was having issues with the minting today. And so it was a slow mint. I picked up three or four. And while I didn't get any of the Grayley gold ones, I'm still happy with what I got. And it looks really cool. I missed the memo on this this morning, just doing baby stuff while that was happening. I did see people were having trouble with the front end of the site. Looking at it now, I know it's not necessarily visually the same, but what it kind of reminds me of is Osminum from Robin, that mm-hmm. piece back in the day that was like very connected and organic and kind of like cells, but not, not hemoglobin or blood cells like this one might be. That's a very cool project. And how's the secondary? Is, am I too late? Uh, no, it's pretty low. It's around five or six. It was pretty heavily targeted for the most part because I think with the front end down, the only people who knew how to mint were flippers and ciphered. Right. So yeah. um, I would expect some to be flooding the market. But overall, I really enjoy it. It also weirdly reminds me of some of the Peter Pasma pieces that we've seen not on FX Hash just in terms of like the glow and reflection. Not saying that it's anywhere near the same in terms of code or quality or whatever. We wouldn't know. We wouldn't know. We don't know how to judge. But it just, it looks so good. I love it. It's very cool. Yeah, I think I'll get a couple for the DECA gallery. This is going to be the biggest DECA gallery of the week in a while. There's so much in there, which is a great way to transition into some of the stuff that also released this week. During the madness of the sweeps and, and prior to it, where should we start? We have so many options. Maybe we start with Small Skull Pattern. That was very tied to one of the runs that we had this week with Small Skulls, the ASCII Small Skulls, the 3D Small Skulls. Mark Knoll has put out you know, a series of work that are dedicated to the skulls, uh, the flags from a couple of months ago being the primary ones. In Small Skull Pattern, which was a very large 1500 edition at Tutez piece, was there to be a tribute to all the people who love Small Skulls and have it as their PFP out there on the platform. 
Yeah, I heard that this was in response to some demand to have like Twitter banners in mm -hmm. particular, which is why it's formatted this way. I didn't know about that going in. The one I minted, I really dislike. It only has two skulls across the entire thing, and you would hardly know it's a small skull project by looking at it. So yeah, I I guess I'm a little sour because of the one I got, and I don't feel a need to go get a bunch more because I mean not, I'm not even a small skull holder anymore. So it's not I guess it's technically not for me at this point. But um, yeah, I don't know. I like it more than the flags. Yeah, absolutely. The flags I really thought just didn't look good. These look kind of good and have a use. If you if you get a really nice yeah. one, so I think most of these are pretty nice, but there's that brown color palette that just is not right. It doesn't do it for me. That's what I oh. got. I got a brown one that has two skulls that are just very tiny and easy to miss. And when you're doing 1500, when you're trying to accommodate all the people who hold skulls like that, it's going to be hard to make a project that's going to have a lot of satisfying pieces, unless you're going to put a ton of dedication and work into it. And in which case, it's like if you're going to put that much work into something. You don't want it to be some merchandise offshoot. You want it to be a proper project. probably. Yeah, I, I mean, so. I think it's okay. You know, I think that anything that is there to support the people who support you, you know, obviously, Tutez is not free, but it's something, it's very a small price overall. And you know, the fans are really big fans. They sure are. <laughs> very vocal. So yeah, cool one for them. And I'm, I'm sure small school fans, like if you jumped into the small school section of Discord, I'm sure they're loving it and breaking down which are the ones that are most desirable to have and finding ones that match their skulls to put into their Twitter stuff. So an example of Mark just serving the community of holders. There were a couple collabs this week that made our list. Do you want to start with the premier like FX hash sponsored one? Yeah. Punavir and Jim the Bim. Exactly. This was a project by some of the most famous or some of the most beloved artists on FX Hash, as you said, Punavir, Jim the Bim. The name of this project is J-T-B-A-P-R-C-C-T-W-W-R-H-O-A-H-Y-E-I. Thousand editions, Dutch auction that went down to one Tez. Apologies for the incredibly weird long name, but it is an acronym that is also the description of the project, which is Jim the Bim and Punavir's really cool collab that we worked really hard on and hope you enjoy it. Which is fair to say, we have enjoyed it. I think a lot of people enjoyed it, and we're, uh, you know, they they kind of memed on the Dutch auction, starting it at a thousand, and I think it was like fifty thousand, <laughs> or yeah, some some extremely high number, and then we, you know, everyone just kind of was like, "That's very funny," and we're gonna mint it mostly at one tes. I think I minted one. Was there a there tier was five above tes? It at five? Some people minted at five. Right, I, yeah, there were some people who minted at five. Uh, this is project, by the way, 13024. So it's going to be very hard to, to to search it without the number, I think, or you get to it through Punavir or Jim the Bim. But really, honestly, interesting and cool execution of a layered project. I, I don't think it's layered. A pre-rendered asset is a texture base, but it's not in here yes. as uh, layered images. Oh, they didn't they didn't actually flag it as no. Such, I think it's a combination. Which is interesting. So, yeah, maybe there's there's some technicality that they get around it, but yeah, there's some because Jim is like more of an yes. artist, artist, not a coder, is my understanding. So I I would assume that their contribution to this is very much like these those pre-rendered assets referenced here. But it's very cool, right? Like obviously Punavir is like putting a lot of code on top and creating these generative kind of top-down map terrain-looking things like canyons, and some of them feel very zoomed in, some of them feel very zoomed out. 
and uh, I think I minted like Same. six. <laughs> I just kept going. Yeah, and I, I, I minted like six, and I flipped, or maybe I even minted like seven, picked the three I didn't like the most, and put them up for like three Taz, and they sold in that initial wave, and so I paid for them. And now I just have some really cool collab pieces here. Yeah. I think that they're really fun. And I just took a quick look at the code and uh, I think it's mostly generative. There are a couple of assets uh, or PNG assets in the file. Um, There are some flowers, which is one of the the traits that you can possibly get. So, Gotcha. Interesting. Really nice piece. Yeah. Amazing project and, and at a generous price point as they're known for. So people who wanted it got cheap and the floor is still very low. I mean, floor is 240. 2.40, 2.40, I should say. And you have your, you can go and fill out like a bunch of different palettes and different looks if you wanted to for pretty inexpensive. Jim the Bim and Punavir is a really cool collab that we worked really hard on and hope you enjoy it. I just had to say it one more time. Great name. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you sound really rehearsed, but I know you didn't rehearse that. It's, it's well a lot done. of really easy words to read. So, so the other collab was yet another tender collab, this time with Laurent Houdard. And the project's called Speed of Dark. It was uh, number 13078, 425 editions, and a Dutch auction that I think ended around 12. Yes, it mostly went at 16 and 12, I believe. Starting at 30, 22, a good good amount went at 16, and then it was just like chunked yeah, out at 12. I was 12 trying to get three by... at 12, but my last transaction just did not go through. Yeah. This one's very different from the previous two tender collabs, and I think we're seeing the price is not like as crazy as the others. It's, it's much more nuanced. I actually really like this one a lot. It really reminds me actually of the um, Umbra. Yeah, by Rich like the red Umbra specifically. Yeah. Yes, specifically that. But even even the, the black and white ones, which come in like regular and inverted mode, I completely missed them in. I got greedy and tried to get it at 12 and it went too quickly for me. I was also babies working and doing stuff. Yeah, so I ended up just getting a couple black and white ones for now and waiting to see if some of the other colorful ones maybe come down because those are the ones that people have definitely gone after like the red and the rainbow and yeah. stuff i got lucky with the, the mint i managed to mint higher. out of my two i got one red and black and one of the the green and blue color palette so i ended up selling the red and black um in order to cover costs which i'm a little bit sad about but you know i have the green and blue one listed pretty high and it's definitely stand out. I'm surprised it hasn't sold yet. There are only, I think, nine of them in the entire series. That's why I'm surprised. <laughs> I thought that people were really cherry picking a lot of the colorful stuff. And I thought for sure, unless you've maybe listed it higher, you had it like around 120 it's, or something. I think it's still memory. around 130, 140. We haven't seen as many of these move recently. Everyone's been so caught up on, on other stuff. But it still has a floor above mint. Still an amazing project, in my opinion. And one that I will look to get some more of. Sure. Yes. And the floor is actually pretty comparable to the Pang floor. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. right now? Okay. Both cool. around uh, 19 versus 25. I have mm-hmm. to say that I'm liking these tender collabs. You know, as somebody who works with tender, you know, I can't be too shilly, but, you know, just putting it out there that I think they're all really cool. Well, we don't have any involvement in the collaborative yeah. process here and what's going on. Like, we have no insight into it. So it's just kind of amazing seeing the diversity of projects that are coming out. And I know AJ, someone that we want to have on the show to kind of talk about, like, what is going on with these collabs? Like, what makes them collabs? Like, what's the process? Like, clearly there's something going on, right, on the tender side that is being contributed to the collab. And 
just kind of demystifying that process and hearing what goes on because it feels like they're three for three, you know, in terms of like projects that mint out, have great secondary action and are holding floors above mint. Like that is the basic rubric for success on a drop and they're not missing. So I think also really good pricing wild. strategy as well with Dutch yeah. auctions that are start starting high enough and then don't get too low. So I feel like most of the people who are getting right. in are looking to hold. Obviously some targeting by flippers, but people are getting in at like the notch above the flip zone and getting their mints kind of guaranteed and then the flippers are chunking it out at the zone that they think they can make a profit at. Which I guess is kind of how yeah, like you said, how a Dutch auction probably should go. So awesome one there. Where should we go next? One artist that you love is Jerez. Mm-hmm. I and do love Jerez. Jerez had a really outstanding drop this week with attachment, which is project one, two, nine, four, four, 300 editions, uh, a flat 10 Tez. Well, a Dutch auction that minted out at the highest tier of 10 Tez. And was it the highest tier or was it the lowest? It was the second lowest started at 50, second lowest. basically just went at 10. Yeah, you also were kind enough to mint these for me. I had one reserved from holding some of their other work, but I, again, I was out. This one went at the same time as um, as the perk no, work. It, I didn't mint you perk work. I minted you this and marble opulence. Oh, I meant to perk work for myself. Okay. So this one was yeah active around some other projects. You minted me a few. I think four. You got four. Right? Yeah. And plus your, um, plus your reserve. I kind of was like, hyped on this project. I think we talked about it at the end of our last episode and like what we're looking forward to. Love the colors, just love the shapes and the compositions. And it's great to see, you know, Jerez hit another one out. Yeah. Right. I think every just drop is just getting better and better in all honesty. We saw like clown vamp going heavy on this one has continued buying. I think even after we recorded with them last weekend, High secondary sale of 175. You know, people are reaching up and finding the ones that they want for their collection. There's a ton of interesting diversity here. I accidentally sold both of mine that I minted. I was like, I'll put this up at 140. And obviously, if the floor is 40, nobody's going to get there, but somebody reached really high up and got it. That was a big sale yeah. for you. So, yeah, I, I sold one at floor to pay for, which was at that time around 50 and still is to pay for the ones I minted. And then Jerry's themselves was kind enough to actually trade one for one with me so I could get one with like of the skinnier mm -hmm. style of uh, figures, which I only minted kind of chunky ones. And I was like, I would really love a skinny one for my gallery. And we made a nice one for one trade there. So feeling very satisfied, super happy in a moment of weakness in the future, as I often am, could I be listing? Of course, like every project's in play, but these just bring me a lot of happiness and they're sitting right at the top of my week five gallery right now. I'm actually going back and looking at the uh, vapor trails floor. It's low. I actually had mine listed. I forgot. And it sold for like 30 over the course of this week. All right. Which is well off the high because I know some way back when it was running around its initial release, there were some that sold north of high 100. I sale of 175. So yeah. So you could probably get yourself some affordable vapor trails right now if you wanted to. All right. Where should we go to next? There were a couple really big movers this week. I think let's start with Strata from Mimo Acton. This is project 13042. 200 editions, a Dutch auction that ended down at the bottom tier of 10 Tez. I think some people might have been buying it. It was only 20 to 10, so it was a very shallow auction. Interestingly enough, this was a project that is very similar to like another one that dropped in the same day or within the same day. Yeah, same day. And that was Marble Opulence, which we just talked about. Or maybe it was the day after. I don't know. They're very close. It might have been the day after. 
Marble Opulence from Melissa Biederecht, my guess in the German pronunciation. Please correct us. Like that. So two just coincidentally drops made to look like Marble Stone, or that's kind of how I'm reading Strata here. Strata is more dense and animates, and you can actually click it and keep it going, which I didn't realize when I minted it, which is something that we often criticize people for. It's like not, not inspecting pieces more. I didn't realize you can kind of keep clicking and like adding to it. There's Marble Opulence is a little more stripped back. It reminds me of like a mix of like the Strata and maybe a Rose Jackson piece where it's a little bit softer. Yeah, definitely softer. So I was definitely hyped on Opulence and I minted some Strata as well. Both of them have done okay, but Strata is definitely the one that the wider collector community has picked up on, in particular the funny guys. It always helps to have somebody big tweet you out. My strategy with this one was just kind of list along a spectrum with like the two or three that I had and all of them got bought prior to the run starting on Tuesday when funny guys and some others are moving on this one. I ended up selling well below the floor. Now the floor is like 150. I think the highest one I sold was around 80 or something. So I still turned a good profit on it, but I did not anticipate it going nearly as nuts as, as definitely. I did not mint any, I guess this is just where I didn't do research. I didn't click into it. I think that from a thumbnail perspective, you know, if you're just like glancing through the the incoming feed on FX hash. We see some a number of projects that kind of do a marbly thing, but I didn't click in to see, you know, what it looks like big, because that is really the differentiator, where you can tell where the quality is, and how it's just not like some of these other pieces that tend to not do as well. So that is my bad. Fun stat: Funny Guys has 26 of them out of the 200, so over 10% of the, of the supply. You know that those are going to be locked up. You know, this artist I've heard come up before and in particular kind of in the lull in January, February, March, when people were more focused on also going back and looking at older projects. I think they're more famous off of FX hash. I don't know exactly for what, but the other project that often people would like direct you to in prices discussion or other parts of discord were like quantum vacuum. That's being a really good value. And just saying, like, don't you know who this is? And like, you should research who this is. And so this is the first one that they released in 1.0 that properly took off and had a run in the secondary. And we saw even Quantum Vacuum have a little bit of a run. I think the floor is now up to 20, whereas before you could get them below mint. Yeah, I need to, this is maybe someone that we need to learn more about if they're going to keep dropping. So yeah, those are those are kind of the marble pieces of the week. And then the another really, really big one, actually that is maybe kind of similar visually well, where, where do you want to go? I'll ask you where you want to go next. Well, I think the where you were going to go with similar visually is the 400 flips. Yes. Thomas yeah. Noya. This was a project that is a follow-up to a couple of pieces from Thomas Noya. And the big one that hit was CHX1, which had a crazy run back a few months ago. You know, the follow-up was, was RTX about a few weeks ago, which didn't do nearly as well. Well, quote unquote, nearly as well, at least on the the secondary. 400 flips, though. Dang, that's pretty good. It was a very slow mint, but I thought it was going to sell out. Considering the price of uh, his previous work, I thought it was going to sell out at the top tier. The Dutch auction started at 14. So I minted one at 14 and then saw there was no action. It went to 10. I minted at 10, saw there was no action. It went to 7. And that's where I was doing the bulk of my minting. So I thought I would mint out at four maybe really quickly, like we sometimes see, and it, and it did. So I ended up with like five or six of these across the spectrum of prices. And uh, 
took the few again that I thought were least interesting and put them up at 20 just to see all of those sold. And some of them have been reflipped, which is really well, interesting. That's the, the interesting thing on this project is you now artists have the ability to you know, do primary splits. They can put some to a, you know, a foundation like our uh, logo drop from this week. We are giving 10% of the proceeds to the processing foundation on the primary. But Thomas Noya did a really fun thing with a royalty split where the minter gets 99.9% of the profits. So I, I was just kind of like would see money coming into my wallet and trying to see what I sold, but then not finding something that I sold in the sales feed, but then seeing one of these sell. So someone bought one of mine at 20, resold it for 40, and I got six Tez to my wallet. Pretty cool. So yeah, pretty cool. So effectively now I've averaged up and sold that one for 26. So I've had a couple of them reflipped on me. And then I have a couple that I really want to keep that I've just priced really, really high. And if they sell, then I'll, you know, it's okay. I've priced it sufficiently high. Looking at this one, I kind of got like a Contra Those are really vibe big words. from it. But here's, but here's why I'm going to say that. Because there is something to like the noise of these in general that feels more structured and intentional than... I, I think at, at first glance, these look like a project where someone who's just learning P5 is like just drawing a bunch of random lines and random dots. Like I think you could make that misassessment of the piece because of how abstract and random it appears. But as you kind of look through them and flip and you start to realize like there's a lot more compositionally going on mm-hmm. here, it kind of gave me that feeling of like there's movement and there's like vibrance that is hard to put your finger on. And that that is where I'm getting the contra kind of thing. I'm not saying these are going to go to a thousand or anything like that, but that is like kind of what it evoked in me at the moment, which is why I wanted to mint like so many of them. When yeah, I'm actually really salty about this mint because I was on the reserve list and there were still reserves left and I was still on the reserve list and it wouldn't let me mint because I think Thomas Noya was taking people off. And so it wouldn't just let me get my one. You know, there were still 70 left. I still had my reserve and it just didn't go. And so I'm pretty mad about that. Multiple people were saying yeah. that actually that we know we're like i'm on the reserve and i can't get it and i don't know if that's i mean we've obviously seen the reserve lists have issues in the past right like breaking drops and doing stuff so maybe there's some corner case or where there are two reserve lists and were you on the reserve list that was like uncapped versus the one that was capped where you could have lost your reserve even though it still showed like so you can actually do multiple well i think the artist was changing the reserve list because if you look at the reserve list now it's empty so usually you can go back in time onto a project and see everybody who had been reserved but in yeah. this case, it's just blank. So I don't know. I wonder what happened there. I don't know. I really wanted one. And by the time I was like, oh, this isn't working, things just kind of started taking off. And obviously, a big value proposition is the royalty split. And so I ended up not getting any Having because admit, I was yeah. mad. So a rational hey, woman here. I've been there. No, no. That's There's many times where I've just been salty about something and I don't want to get it for whatever reason or i feel like i miss and it's like well i missed i don't want it but that's a, that's especially a grieving for sure oh so i think that this was also coming out at the same time as another really big drop of the week and i think that's why maybe it meant a little bit sl- more slowly from your point of view and that big drop was tesseract by studio yorktown a 512 edition dutch auction i don't actually know where it minted out this did incredibly well I was on work calls, and so I missed it entirely. Did you get any? I was minting the Thomas Noya piece, and I was tracking this one because the Dutch auction started at 64 and goes in even increments all the way down to 8, so minus 8 each time. A lot of people were on the reserve list here. I would say about half of it was reserved. 
for holding his previous drop and just watching it. So I didn't go at 64. I didn't go at 56. And I'm watching the Thomas Noya piece and figuring out how I'm going to mint that one. And it just wasn't going. And I just kind of thought, oh, there's a chance this will go down to like 24 or 16. But I think it ended up going at 32. Okay. And right as I went back to go and mint it, it was gone. In my mind, I was telling myself like 32 or 24 is where I should start it. And I just missed you know, another artist who was on Ken's podcast recently. Great episode. Yeah, great episode kind of hearing about Bruce's like transition to making art like this and his career in architecture and design. And it shows in the piece for sure, right? When you hear that episode and then you look at the at the work here, it 100% yeah. clicks. Like uh, Bruce, who is Studio Yorktown, is drawing upon, you know, years of experience within the graphic design space. And so, again, it's something that is all about like, the design aesthetic rather than just the code because you know bruce has been learning p5 as a way of expressing himself on fx hash and it it's really really nice just in all the details and all the colors and listening to like that conversation with ken it's about taking um sabler which was the genesis work and you know has seen also an incredible run over the last few weeks all the way up to 180 so it's Sabler, but kind of extracted into a, a 3D view. So instead of it just being the flat, very like minimal, like mid-century kind of vibes, it's taking that and putting it into cubes, but still leveraging that same color palette, you know, that same subdivision of blocks and rectangles with like really dramatic lines going down. And it's really nice. It's all crazy run. Not, not that we need to compare art, but I much prefer this disabler. Like, I think this is way They're really different. And, and what, they're very different. But just I think what's accomplished here, this to me, if this were an art blocks drop, I would not blink an eye. I would be like, this makes sense. And it, it, something about the level of polish and the color and the construction of it, like it feels very on meta for an art blocks type of drop to me. Just kind of like seeing what they do there sometimes. I. That being said, I did not expect it to do what it did on the secondary. I mean, it, it's gone crazy. Like, So something that we kind of have been talking about on the side with these reserve lists is like their effect on mm-hmm. the secondary when you have such a large portion of the minters getting in at the bottom tier on a Dutch auction and like this. And the bottom this. tier so, is eight. And the bottom tier is eight. And so in my mind, I thought that this was one that might be suppressed a little bit on the secondary because of the sheer number of people who got in at eight and would be able to then list it so easily for a flip. It's something that we've seen on other projects where there's been reserves and then all of those people get in super cheap and a lot of them try to flip and it's just like you have a huge amount of inventory and it doesn't help the price, yeah. right? So, and here we saw 233 secondary sales already. So almost half of it has gone through. There's still 100 listed, but the floor is incredibly yeah. high. And so for whatever reason, it's just the quality of this, the anticipation, the height. Well, also all of like the stabler sales that have been going through in the, the prior week really doesn't hurt this was actually a project where it could have gone either way i almost purchased one that was sitting at like like 65 or 80 as a thought to like maybe try to flip it again at a higher price point but that is always so risky because it's always a chance that it stalls out and then you get stuck with that 80 tes of liquidity that you could have put elsewhere i've been burned by that a few times in the past but this was one of the scenarios where it could have been very viable it's hard to predict though, right? You're putting yourself in at an 88 Tez cost basis there and you need to probably at least double up to make it really worth the mm-hmm. risk. In this case, it, it would have worked for sure. And I guess a lot of people were making that bet because we saw Sabler sales even north of 100 coming into this. Like people who are reaching up beyond the floor and 
either saying, hey, I'm fine to keep the Sabler and I want the cheap mint, or I have confidence that I'll be able to flip this Tesseract for over the aggregate cost of the mint plus what I'm paying for the Sabler. So yeah, it's just interesting. Every time one of these happens, we're just seeing the market dynamics play out differently. And I feel like I don't have a pure view yet of the effect of the reserve on the secondary and maybe it really just comes down to the quality of the project in the end. Yeah. And I think also your belief in the artist studio York, Yorktown or Bruce, they're two for two. You know, they clearly have a long history in the design space. But Sabler really, I mean, I would not call it two for two. Have like you seen Sabler, the Sabler floor? It, yeah. But did you see the Sabler floor before the reserve list was announced? Like it was not like, it wasn't crazy high. It wasn't 180. No, it was under 20 because that's what mine sold for when I had it listed and people started buying in anticipation of this. It was around 40 to 50 over the last 30 days. You could get Sablers for like mint cost for no, the longest No, not time. for 30 days. Yes. But this is this has been known for over 30 days. Go look back on the chart longer. Sabler has been around for a long time. Sabler is an old, by FX hash standards, it's an old project. You could, you could get Sabler at mint or barely above it for the longest mm-hmm. time. It, it was pretty holding pretty steady around 11 to 20, and then it just jumped up to 40 about a month ago. I mean, it kind of shows how the the economics of adding the reserve system can help bring projects. Like, I'm not saying, I'm not, and I'm not saying that it's a bad project and that it deserves to be low. I'm just saying, like, in terms of success metrics on the platform, like, I don't know that you would have said, like, oh, Sabler was a hit until the potentiality of like getting the reserve spot happened and people went back and bought it up. So that that's kind of the point I'm making, which is that, and in a way, it's good, right? People, it gives people a reason to go back and go. Actually, maybe there's something here, or like, oh yeah, actually, I want this palette and I'll pay up for it. I think it would still be a hit just on the pure metric of you know a project that released in February, which was February and March were pretty tough, and it was still going at four to five x over mint as a floor for the most of the time. So under that metric, it's good. It feels not as good in today's world where you know if something isn't going. 20x over mint it isn't as like sustainable or as successful but based off of the original price point the market that we were in you know i think it was really highly regarded again i'm not trying to like say Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to make the point that it was a bad project i'm just kind of saying like the success for it now i think is largely coming off of anticipation of tesseract so let's see do we have anything else to talk about here i mean we mentioned revdan's series of music projects kind of already but I think that kind of covers, that covers us, us for a really for week. big week. Again, a lot of it has been that secondary movement. But I also have to say that it's starting to feel like a time where you can't really go wrong minting things that you believe it's in. It's dangerous. On the primary. Yeah, I think it's a little dangerous, actually. The primary market? I think we're in a more precarious position than some would like to believe yeah. or hope. And I know that the thing that was going around a lot this week was the like the last seven days of volume for NFTs by chain showing like Tezos up 50% and everyone down, everyone else down 50%. I would expect that unless we see another big wave, like it feels like the volume is already kind of abating. And I don't think people are going to be sharing the chart next week. It's going to show us down, right? Because it's going to have going to be looking at what we did this week. And we're going to be down from that. And I don't, I'm not so certain that that narrative is going to hold because things move so quickly in crypto. We'll see if more people are bringing money over. Or if the I hate Tezos person does reveal themselves after they pick up their hundredth hundredth piece, you know that always yeah. has the ability to move markets a little bit more. I just don't know that everything that we're seeing right now is here to stay. Well, 
yeah it's this is just the first wave i feel of what will be many waves of people coming over and causing these runs and it's extremely exciting but it could be fleeting we could see a lot of retracement it's one of the reasons i felt very comfortable selling stuff you're supposed to buy in the bear and sell in the bowl right this is the bowl so the bowl might just be one week nfts are very illiquid you kind of have to take those shots while you can yeah. i could see it going either way obviously things have slowed down a lot over like the the first the tuesday wednesday were huge sales speed has still been going but it hasn't been blowing up quite as much in terms of volume but i think that there are still a lot of collectors uh, who haven't come over from eth quite yet i think there's a lot of room for growth and sustained growth so i don't think that we're at that blow off point yet as clown fam would say no definitely not yeah but again you can't tell the future who knows maybe this is it like it's i don't think this is it but yeah what if this is i mean i wouldn't recommend anybody sell their grails into the last week you know just as like here's my big liquidity push because there are a chance that if you sell your everything that is good you sell your blue chips you sell your grails there's still a chance that you'll never see that retracement back to where you are now i mean i guess the only project we've seen that happen for is garden monoliths i feel like everything else that pumps at some point the pump ends and then it starts you start to see undercutting or new people coming in and listing and then bringing the prices down garden monolith is the only one i feel like we've seen sustainably increase its floor Mm -hmm. over time dragon still hasn't seen a bunch of a retracement at all either though yeah that's true the may pump for some of these projects like rgb has not retraced yet but we saw it pump in december january Mm -hmm. during the initial galaxy run well past a thousand and then decline to under a thousand. I think that maybe that's where projects that have been on the market longer. So your RGBs, maybe your dragons, maybe your GMs, you know, they've had more of these cycles of pump and retrace, pump and retrace. And you're going to see less of a retracement overall each time that happens just by virtue of it gets held more strongly. People who buy at the pump are going to sell into the retrace. Maybe they'll sell into the next pump, but it just gets locked up more and more. I'm not sure we see like RGB under 1500 again. Oh, probably not. Or maybe even under 1800 again. So if mine sold, like I would be, I would not be waiting for RGB to go under a thousand before I bought back in. You know, I would be every time it seems like we're going to set a higher floor, like a higher, highest sale down to a higher floor, very similar to like what we see in crypto markets on longer term charts. But when is my dragon going to sell? Well, you keep moving no, the, price moving up, the price so down. I, <laughs> I dropped it by 10% each day for the last few days. Okay. I was going to start flipping a coin. Heads increased by 5%, tails decreased by 10. You know, we talked about this before. I think you should put it at like 6,000 or seven or 8,000, like a price that you'd feel really happy about getting. Just let it sit and then let the market, let the bull market come to you. Like maybe we'll see another, another big dragon run in weeks or months from now. And you just want to have it positioned to get bought up in that, in that run. Anyways, we we, I, we could do a whole other episode on on that kind of strategy stuff. We kind of meandered into it at the end of this one, but I think that's it for this week. Do you feel good I about feel that? Good about that. Uh, any projects that you're looking forward to? Um, I know we have another collab announced for next week, right? Lucas and Chipitombo. I don't know if it's next week, but it has been announced. We've had one a week since 1.0 launch. It looks pretty good. So, looks good. It's a nice tree. Very, very, very I was going to say, it is the classic mashup that you maybe wanted to avoid. So I've got liquidity now. Like I fully intend to mint and try to flip it, you know, like full transparency. Like I'm sure it's going to blow up and do incredible numbers. So unless they set the Dutch auction really, really high, 
if it is Dutch auction, I'll be trying to mint it and play a little flipping game. What about you? Anything that you're aware of? Uh, well, there's always this Toxie thing that's been teased for, I think, a, a really long time. Jeff Palmer is somebody who else has seen a really big run this week, partially anticipation for the new work that they've been tweezing on Instagram and Twitter, which looks really awesome. Dissolution, I think, has seen the floor like quadruple over the last few days. And then I've heard rumors of something from, from Art Plus Brad, but I don't know if it is confirmed. I haven't heard those rumors. That's intriguing to me. I, I so might have made those you rumors You tell me up. that offline. Okay, <laughs> yeah. You can tell me off, off the air if it's a, a closely held source that you can't bust. All right, well, that is it for this one, everyone. Thank you again, as always, for listening. And uh, we'll catch right. you next week. Later. Bye.